I'm excited for the word tonight. Are we excited for the word tonight? I feel like God wants to pour something out, something new out. And as I was praying, I went, God, I don't want to walk in the doors and leave the same way that I walked in. I don't want to walk in with a new line that I memorized. Like, oh, that was really funny. We'll play that game at home, but that's all I got at church tonight. Or, ah, uh, restore joy. That's cool. But I want us to truly, when we encounter, truly encounter God, we can't leave the same way we came. We can't leave the same way that we came. And if you would just, just for a minute, just to humor me, I, one line kept coming to my, my mind today as I was praying. And I took some time and I was like, God, I just want to worship you. I just want to spend some time with you because I don't want to prepare for this message and walk into the church the same way that I spent all day with you. Otherwise, it's, that's pointless. It's different than what you said you were. And so as I was praying, I, I said, you're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. Sometimes we forget just how good God is. Sometimes we forget just how good he's been to us, just how good his plans are for us. And we're going to get a little bit more into that tonight. But just say that to your neighbor. Say, you're good. God is good. And then just say it to yourself a few times, even under your breath. But just think about it. God is good. You're good. You're good. Just tell him. Even if you need to close your eyes, take a minute and say, you're good. Because sometimes we come in questioning that idea. We had a bad day or something fell through or plans didn't go the way that we thought they would. So we question God's goodness. But God's goodness doesn't change. And so I put it, that, I just kept repeating that today. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. But the title of my message tonight is Through the Pain to the Palace and Beyond. I kind of reminded me of Buzz Lightyear. I was like, to infinity and beyond. Because <laughs> there's God has so much in store. And the, the more I study, that's all I could say is, I'm like, God, you're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. And if that's what we leave with, a new revelation of how good God is, then that's more than enough. But we're going to encounter God tonight. So I want to I talk about the story of Esther. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. But God gave me a fresh revelation. And then we'll break down a couple scriptures here in a minute. But... It's, the story starts out, and Queen Vashti had totally dishonored the king at that time, and so he needed a new queen. And so I'm not going to get into the details of there, but I want to talk about the life of Esther for a minute. Esther was an orphan, okay? Esther had no parents. Her parents had died. Her cousin is the one that raised her. It doesn't give us a lot of details as to how that happened, but sometimes we skip over that because we hear about Queen Esther and just how amazing Queen Esther was. One of my favorite things to do when I'm studying the word is I like to put myself in the story because I want to know how I would feel. I want to know how I'd respond. I want to know what these people are feeling. I want to see God work in my life through being them in the story, if that makes sense, because that's why he, why he gave us these stories. And so I'm looking at Esther and I go, her parents had died. She's being raised by a cousin. Okay, so right off the bat, sometimes that skips over, but Esther was dealt a pretty rough hand to begin with. Esther was, wasn't given the best life to start out with. She kind of had an unfair situation take place. And so in our lives, I go, how many of us have ever faced an unfair situation or something we maybe didn't understand? Anybody feel that? Okay, so we can all be in the story. Okay, I know more people have had an unfair situation than the one of us that raised our hand, right? Okay, who has had something unfair happen in life? You don't have to be an orphan, but an unfair situation that maybe you didn't understand. Okay, that's where Esther is. So now look at that. We are all suddenly in the story. We can all be Esther. So we faced, Esther faced this bad situation. Okay, so now my family is now my cousin Mordecai, and Mordecai is the one that's raising me. And so that, that's, my new, that's my new family. That's all I've got. Are you tracking with me in the story? 
Okay, that's all I have. I'm an orphan. And now the king needs a new queen. I'm not the one that made the queen disobey. So why do I have to leave the only family I have to now go to the palace to maybe be queen? There's not even a guarantee. Okay, are we in the story? So now it's like, man, I can't win for trying. Like anything I do, I swear. Like what did I do wrong? First I'm an orphan. My parents die. My cousin is, is the, raising me. And now I'm taken out to maybe be queen. I don't even know. With a bunch of people I don't know. With a queen, that I don't know why she messed up. I didn't make her mess up. And I didn't ask to go be one of the, to be queens. Okay? So we're here in the story. It's an unfair situation. And it's unfair advantage. And I, I don't know where I'm at. So I'm thinking about Esther. And being Esther, what would she be feeling right now? It would be those feelings of, I, I don't know why I'm here. Why, why me? What did I do wrong? But now she's set up to be queen. Now she's set up that maybe she's going to be queen here in a minute. And so the, the, the king chooses his queen and it happens to be Esther. Okay, as Esther right now, I'd kind of be a little bit confused. Like, why me again? I was asking why me a few minutes ago, but now why me? Because now I'm the queen. What am I going to do with queen? But Esther wasn't picked to be this amazing person outside. She was an orphan. It wasn't like she was royalty from birth. But now she's in the palace. So she, she comes from this painful situation. Now she's in the palace to be queen. And she doesn't know why. It doesn't say in there that she got this divine revelation from God that she was supposed to be queen. But she came from the pain. Now she's in the palace. She's set to be queen. And now I'd probably feel pretty good about myself. So now if I was in this story, I made myself Esther today, and I thought I might say, yeah, now this is how we're talking. Like, this is what I deserved from the beginning. I was dealt a raw hand. I was dealt a terrible hand. Everything was going bad. And now I deserve this kind of treatment. Like, I need to be a queen. This is the only good thing that's ever came from anything bad. Okay? Is that maybe how we would feel? So let's go over to, I want to read Esther 4, 11. Goodness gracious. Esther 4, 11. That's much better. Okay, so this is where we're going to pick up. Esther's been queen. She's been living the hot life for five years at this point. And the, the king's right-hand man declares because of who the Jews were. I don't want to get into all the details there. But basically all of Esther's people are going to be taken out. All of Esther's, she's a Jew, but all of her people are going to be killed and taken out because of what the king's right-hand man told him to do. So Mordecai comes to Esther, and this is where we're going to pick up in verse 11. And he just told her what was going to happen. And it says, all the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that any man or woman who goes into the inner court to the king who has not been called, he has but one law put to death, except to the one whom the king holds out the golden scepter that he may live. Yet I myself have not been called to go into the king these 30 days. So they told Mordecai Esther's words. And Mordecai told him to answer Esther. Do not think in your heart that you will escape the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely in silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And we'll read through 16. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, 
Go gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan, I think, and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, nor for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise. And so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Okay, so where we picked up Mordecai, I just told her what's going on. And he said, Esther, I need you to go to the king. Go to the king on our behalf. Okay, I put myself back in the story with Esther. And I go, okay, go to the king on his behalf. I've already been dealt a rotten hand. I'm probably not going to mess it up. I'm really liking the hot life that I'm living. I've lived a terrible life. My parents have died. I got taken away from the only family I know. I have this year process of being prepared and beautified for a king with maybe becoming queen, and I finally get a break. I have finally caught a break, and I can be queen. Why would I jeopardize that? Why would I jeopardize that? And maybe if I was Esther, I would even ask, God put me in this position. He doesn't want me to get killed. He wants me to be queen. Clearly, he wants me to be queen. Why would I go to the king and get killed? Why? That's what I would ask if I was Esther. Why would I ask? And that's exactly what she does. She's like, no, I'm not going to do it. I, I'm not going to leave this place. Because I have been dealt this hand. Because I have struggled a little bit. Because I finally see a glimpse of the goodness of God, and I don't want to lose it. And I feel like God put me in this place. And so she replies, and she's like, no, that's not going to work. And then Mordecai said, do you not think in your heart that you will escape the king's palace any more than all the other Jews? For if you remain completely silent at this time of relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Okay, here's my question. We've all, we said, we, we've been dealt an unfair hand. We've faced an unfair situation. we faced those times of pain, just like Esther. But then here's my next question. Have any of us ever seen the goodness of God in any level in our lives? Have we seen him, maybe a healing, maybe a breakthrough, maybe a deliverance? We've seen good things that happened and God put us in places. Maybe he put us in a position. Maybe he put us in a new job. Maybe he, he put us in a, in a relationship that we had been praying for. Maybe he gave us a family. Maybe he restored a child. Maybe he restored a marriage. Anything in the goodness of God. And first and foremost, the mere salvation that God gave is huge. That's the goodness of God. Just to, just to know that I'm going to heaven when I don't deserve it. Just to know that despite my sin, despite my mistakes and any mistake I could ever make, God has already chosen me. Okay, that's some goodness of God. So we've all seen the goodness of God, just as Esther saw the goodness of God, but we've also felt the pain. Okay, and again, the title of my message is Through the Pain to the Palace and Beyond. Because here's what I feel like happens too many times is that we face those hard times and we see some breakthrough. But when we get to that breakthrough, just like Esther, we get comfortable in the palace. We get comfortable in that place that God gave us. Why? Because maybe it's entitlement. God owes me this because my life has been so hard before this. Because of what I went through, God owes me this. It's not true. God doesn't owe us. We owe him everything. He doesn't owe us anything. But how easy is it to feel that way? Because when I put myself in the story today, I thought <laughs> I would probably be saying, nope, <laughs> I'm not going to the king because God owes me this. I'm not going to the king because with what my life looked like before, I never want to face that again. And God put me in this position and I'm going to sit in this position. 
So it's easy to feel those. Maybe it's a job God gave us. But here's what I learned about Esther. God wants to reveal, he had a purpose for Esther that was beyond what she could imagine. To begin with, Esther's in all this pain. But we see the back end of the story of what just happened with a queen. So we can see the full story of what God, there, yes, Esther was in pain, but what God had lined out for her was so much greater. Esther didn't know it, but what was lined out for her was so much greater than what she could ever imagine before. So she's sitting here, I'm an orphan child. I'm being raised by my cousin in probably not the best of circumstances. Why? But God's over here going, just, just hold on a minute. I'm setting this up for you. Okay, if God is that God for Esther, he's that God for us. So if we're in a place of pain, you can put yourself in any of these scenarios we're gonna talk through tonight. But if we're in a place of pain, we go, I don't even know what my God's working on the other side of this. I have no idea because when I look at the story of Esther, this is unfair and this isn't fun. And this is not where I wanna be right now. And I don't understand why this is happening to me right now. And I don't know what I did wrong to even deserve this. But we look at the other side of what God already had in store for Esther. He already had goodness in store for Esther before Esther even knew that she was in a hard situation. And the same thing's true for us. It doesn't matter what we're going through right now. It matters to God, but he already has something set up on the other side. That even through what we're going through right now, God goes, I already have something set up for you. So be Esther, but look and go, and this is where I would say, you're good. You're good. That, we, that even in pain, I, I've looked at things that I've walked through and I go, gosh, I can be so selfish in the pain to know the goodness of what you're setting up for me on the other side and know that there's goodness in store, but I get so consumed by the pain of where I am right now. Don't be consumed by the pain of where we're at right now when we know that God has goodness on the other side of this, just like Esther. So then forward from that just a little bit, I look at Esther in the palace, a comfortable place, a comfortable place. And I was thoroughly convicted in this today as I was praying and just this week as I was praying for service of going, have I gotten comfortable in the good things of God? Have I gotten comfortable? Esther got comfortable in the palace. And when Mordecai came and he said, I need you to go to the king, she was like, no, I'm not going to the king because I could die. But God doesn't want to just take us to the palace. He wants to take us beyond the palace. God has just as much purpose in our palace as he did in our pain and beyond. God has more in store. But so many times we can, and I'm guilty of the same thing, and this is what my heart was in, in praying for today and praying for each of you of go, don't just stop at the breakthrough. Don't just stop at the healing. Don't just stop at the job or the relationship or the marriage or anything else. Push past that. God has so much more in store. So if we look at Esther, he didn't just have the palace in store. We know already what he had in store beyond the palace. But Esther got comfortable in the palace. I've seen the goodness of God. I'm going to rest in the goodness of God. I'm going to stay here in God's goodness. But God has something so much more behind that. And so when I was studying that, I was like, God, how do we, how do we know when to push by? Like when to move, when not to move, what, what you've given me? I feel like God said, I revealed my purpose to Esther by getting her to the, pal to the palace. But I revealed my purpose through Esther in what was beyond the palace. Because God's plan for our life is always beyond the thing that he gives us. It's always to reach people on the other side. God's purpose is always people. It's never just for us. But naturally, we're selfish to say, no, this is my breakthrough, and I'm going to sit here because this is a good place, and I deserve it. Look at the people that were impacted beyond the palace. And if Esther would have sat in the palace, what goodness of God was shown? Yeah, she was taken out of a bad situation, but that's it. There was no more impact. 
But I believe we serve a greater God than this because looking back, I go, there was probably somebody that went beyond a goodness and that's why I'm where I'm at. There was probably somebody somewhere who said, I choose to come out of this pain. I'm in the palace, but I'm gonna even go beyond so that people are impacted from generation to generation. And somebody did that and that's where I'm where I'm at. So going beyond what God in the place that he put me at, this palace that he put me in, going beyond where that is, I go, who's gonna be affected on the other side? And I serve the purpose of God. And so going beyond just this palace situation, going beyond just the goodness of God, going beyond through the pain to the palace, but going beyond the palace, who's gonna be impacted on the other side? God's revealed his purpose to me and now I wanna allow him to reveal his purpose through me because if God brought me to the palace, he's gonna take me beyond the palace. And if he brought me to the palace, he gave me everything I needed through the pain and the palace to get me to the next place. Are we getting this? We serve a good God who's beyond just good. It says that we're more than a conqueror, but he's beyond just good. But here's what happens. God's gonna position us. And when God position, I can take, I can allow my pain to position me when I'm in the pain. But then here's what I do. I surrender the authority to that pain. So whatever decision I make is surrendered to that pain. Whatever decision that I make is surrendered to that situation that I'm in, that un, unfair circumstance I'm in, it's surrendered to that. I can't move outside of it. I can't forgive. I'm holding bitterness. I'm holding anger. I can't go outside of it because that position that I'm in right now, has, the pain has positioned me. Instead of knowing where I'm positioned in God's purpose. So I know I'm positioned in pain. So now that controls me. Well, then when I get to the palace and we see this with Esther is she's in the palace, but she allowed the palace to position her. And because the palace positioned her, she said, I can't go to the king because it's a law that I'll get killed. Okay, even in the goodness that God's brought us through, maybe he's given us a good job. Maybe he's given us, but put ourselves back in the story with Esther. Has that goodness of God, has that palace that God has given us positioned us? Am I limited to the extent and the authority of that palace? Because we'll do exactly what Esther did. And she was like, no, no, I can't go on. Because the goodness of where God's brought me is now, I've allowed it to position me and I'm staying here and I've allowed it to limit my purpose. We can allow pain to limit our purpose. We can allow the palace to limit our purpose. Esther was taken out and she was put in the palace. And for a second, she allowed the palace to limit her purpose. And then what Mordecai tells her here is he says, do you not think that in your own heart you'll escape the king's palace any more than all the other Jews? So I was praying that out and I said, God, how does that relate to me? How does that relate to what you're telling me? And sometimes we feel like we get on this spiritual high and God's taken me this place. So those petty things don't affect me. God's taking me to this place. I've had breakthrough in this area of my life. So what affects everybody else doesn't affect me. What's gonna take them out? It won't affect me because God brought me through it and now I'm okay over here. And that's what we choose to believe and that's what Esther wanted to believe and Mordecai said, uh-uh, you're a Jew too. Remember who you are, that what's taking everybody else out is gonna take you out too because your purpose has been limited by the position of the palace. And the same is true for us when we allow our purpose to be limited by the purpose of the, or the position of the palace. Then regardless of where we're at, every, what's taking everybody else out is gonna take us out too because I've put, in my, I've put my position, I've allowed an earthly thing to, to control my position. See, our position in life can only be submitted to God's purpose. So even in the palace, I say, no, 
my purpose is still more than this and my, my purpose is submitted, or my position is submitted to God's purpose. Too many Ps. Good gracious. My position is submitted to God's purpose. It's not submitted to my pain and it's not submitted to the palace. It's submitted to God's purpose because it goes beyond. Only God's purpose goes beyond. And then I want to go forward a little more and it says, for if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise from the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Okay, here's my next question. In our jobs, just maybe that job that God gave you, you're the one to deliver people around you. Just maybe the family that, that we're in, that maybe we're not so excited that we're in, just maybe we were called to be the deliverer in that family. Just maybe because we're a teacher in a school, we were called to be the deliverer in that school or a student in that school, maybe we're called to be deliverer to that school or on that team. And wherever we're at, God has called us for more. I would say God gave me my job, but I don't want it to be limited to God gave me my job. Because here's what I see too many times is I hear somebody say, I want to give my testimony. And I wonder what testimony actually means. That one time way back 18 years ago when God moved on my behalf, but I haven't seen him move since. Is that our testimony? Is the only time we've ever seen God move on our, on our behalf is one time a long time ago? That day we got saved, that day we got water baptized, that one time that God healed somebody that I saw, that one time that God healed somebody in my family, is that the last time I saw God move? Because we serve a living God who wants to move every day on our behalf. Every single day on our behalf. When the Israelites were in the, in the desert, said that God gave a manna, but he said, only take enough for what you need for day because then I'll give you what you need for tomorrow. You don't take more than that or it will spoil. And I'd go, God, I want your daily manna. I want that fresh revelation. I want to see you move every single day in my life because I don't want to live on yesterday's revelation. I don't want to live on yesterday's word because it'll spoil by the time I get here for today. Yesterday's word was for yesterday. Today's word is for today. And I don't want to live on the one good thing that God did 18 years ago. I want to live on what God did today. I want to expect God to move today in the same manner that he moved 18 years ago. And that's where Esther is. What a great story that would be when we read the story and said, man, Esther was an orphan and she was mistreated and she came in and Esther became queen. And then we go on to the next books of the Bible, which I believe is Job. I don't really want to, I mean, I don't want to be Esther in that case. Like, congratulations, I think. I don't want to be Esther. And Esther, I think, realized here that, you know what? I didn't get myself to the palace. God brought me to the palace. And if God brought me to the palace, he has a purpose in the palace and he wants to take me beyond the palace. And that's what Esther believed. And so in our goodness, in those palace places in our life, God's brought me through the praying to this, I didn't get myself here. I didn't get myself this job. I didn't get myself this position. I didn't get myself this promotion. God gave me this and I wanna see what he wants to do through it. I don't wanna limit my purpose to just the position that's here. I wanna limit and I wanna continue to say, God, this is you gave it to me. What do you want me to do through it? I see that you gave it to me and that was your purpose to me. Now, what do you want me to do through me to impact people down the line? The, the people in my workplace and the people in my school, what do you want to do to impact people generations from now? Because I said yes through something, through a palace that you gave me to go beyond. And Esther isn't the only one that did it. I want to look at even Joseph. Again, unfair circumstance. 
He's thrown in a pit. He's betrayed by his family. He goes to Potiphar's house and he gets falsely accused in Potiphar's house. And then he's in prison and then he gets forgotten in prison. And then one day, way down the road, he gets pulled out of prison. Okay, that's a rough life. There's some bad things that happened, but he never allowed his pain to position him. He always knew that God had a greater purpose inside of him. He always submitted his position. Even in my pain, I'm surrendered to you, God. That's what Joseph was. And that's why he got through. And then he gets to the palace. Same thing as Esther. He gets to the palace. That good place that God gave him. And he's, he's doing things. He's impacting people. And then his brothers show up. The same brothers that betrayed him before. Though they show up. And Joseph has a choice. I can allow the authority of my new position to tell you what I think. His new position could imprison those people. His new position could kill those people. He had authority in that situation. And if he would have allowed his current position to limit his purpose, I wonder how the story could have been different. Because I personally, outside of time and prayer, of course, and definitely not in church, I probably wouldn't want much to do with those people because they betrayed me and they hurt me. And now I have the authority to ruin your life. Thank you for giving it to me by throwing me in the pit. Okay, who wouldn't do that with me? Okay, all of you are like, yes. I wanna serve on her team, <laughs> okay? Because <laughs> that's what we would do. Do we see where our position? Joseph could have let his position in the palace to find the people around him, even those people that hurt him. But instead he said, I surrender my position to God's purpose. And I choose regardless of how they felt me, my God's purpose is still in store. And I'm gonna restore these people because that's where God's purpose has me. And so he believed in restoration. He believed that regardless of what my position and the authority that I have, my authority is surrendered to God. It's not surrendered to man because nobody would have questioned him. Not one person would have questioned his decision to throw those people in prison or to kill them or whatever else he wanted to do, torture them, electric chair, whatever. Nobody would have questioned him. There's not one person that would have. But he knew that my position is accountable to God because I didn't get me here. God got me here. And it might have been other people that threw me in the pit, but it was God that got me here in the, in, to begin with. It was God's plan all along. And the reason that I'm only here is because of God. And I choose to glorify God in the palace just like I did in the pain. Do we do that? Are our yeses and our diligently seeking him, are they just as powerful in our palace as they are in our pain? Because I know in our pain, we're crying out with everything we have to see God move on our behalf. When in our pain, we're crying out with everything we have to say, God, I wanna see you move. I need you to move on my behalf. I need you to be here. I need you to, to help this person. I need you to help me. We're crying out and there's nothing that can keep us from the presence of God when we're in pain because we want to see God move. We need him more than ever. But when we get to the palace, do we praise him with just as much effort? When we get to the palace, are we still on our knees going, God, I want to know what your purpose here in the palace is. I don't want to misuse. I don't want my position to be submitted and limited by the authority of this position right now. I want it to be submitted to your purpose. What do you want through this? Where's the beyond this palace? Because I'm not stopping here. Do we ever refuse to say, this is a good place and I believe it and this is great and I'm glad you had me here and I thank you for putting me here, but I want more. Where do you want me to go beyond this? And I'm gonna seek you until I see what your purpose is through me and not just what it is to me. I don't wanna just know how good you are to me. I wanna know what you can do through me to impact people down the line. I don't wanna stay here. 
Do we ever pray that way in our palace or do we just pray that way in our pain? Do we just pray that way in our pain and then on the other side of our pain go, look what God brought me through, but look how good I look now on the other side. But we're still in a place that God wants to impact people through that, through the palace. There's more, there's more, there's more. God has more. We serve a greater God than what we can imagine. Esther thought, wow, to live in a palace is pretty phenomenal. I'm sure Joseph was like, compared to prison, this is like fantastic. God goes, but I have more. My purpose is more. I look at Abraham and, and Sarah, and God promised them a son. Okay, they promised them a son. They don't see the son. They don't see the son. They don't see the son. So they take things into their own hands, and God didn't give up on them. He still had a plan. He said, I'm still going to carry you through this. And so through the pain and through the waiting and through their waiting and their waiting and they wait and they get Isaac. Okay, so then they have a son. This is that promise. This is that palace moment for them. I have Isaac. And so they're they're happy. I I mean, put yourself in the story. You're rejoicing because I have Isaac. God's promise came to pass. What God said came to pass. And I'm so rejoicing in this moment. But then a little while down the road, God says, hey, Abraham, I need you to kill him. Palace moment, gone. <laughs> like, nope. You, this was your promise. This is what you said that you would give me. I'd be a little ticked off. If I put myself in that story, I go, you said that you would give me this, and now you want me to kill it? That makes no sense. I don't even understand. But what God was trying to say was that I have something beyond your palace moment and I don't want you to get comfortable in the palace because I want you to see how this is going to impact down the road. But I need to make sure you know where you got that. I need to make sure you know who gave that to you and how you got to the place you are. You didn't get there. You couldn't have done it on your own. It was my word that went forth. And yes, you surrendered. And yes, you obeyed part of the time. But regardless, that came from me. So Abraham takes him, and he is. He's going to kill him. And God stopped him, and he said, okay, thank you. Thank you. Because that area that I brought you to, that area is still mine. And I just needed to make sure in your heart that that palace moment was still mine. You didn't take the credit for it. That palace moment was still mine, and it's still surrendered to me. And it's not surrendered to just the position that you're in right now. It's not surrendered to the palace. It's surrendered beyond the palace. It's surrendered to what I have in store for you. So we look at these Bible characters and we see that every single one of them went through the pain to the palace, but God wanted to go beyond the palace. Beyond the palace. I look at even Jesus dying on the cross. God could have just wiped us out and started over, if we're honest. But he took Jesus. Jesus died on the cross, but the cross wasn't even enough. It wasn't even enough to take our sin. It wasn't even enough. He rose three days later. And then God sends a helper so that we can walk every single day in a more reality of who he is so that we can walk according to his purpose. That's the God. It's beyond the palace that God wants us to see. There's more to this life than just getting a breakthrough. There's more than life than just getting healing. And if we stop there, we miss out on most of what God has for us. And when I was asking myself this question today, I looked at Esther and I said, Do you think Esther could have ever been as fulfilled in the palace as she would have been when she surrendered and went beyond the palace? Would she have ever been as fulfilled? The palace was a good place. The palace was a great place. 
The palace was given to me by God out of a rough situation, out of a hard situation. That palace was given to me there. But I would have never been fulfilled there because there's more to me because half of what God has revealed to me was just my purpose, but I want to see the fullness of what he's going to do through me because that's the God we serve. God wants to use each and every one of us in a powerful way. God wants to use, he has a plan and a purpose beyond what we can ask or imagine in each and every one of us, but it's through that through factor. And sometimes we stop in that to factor. That it's not what I can get from God, it's God. What are you going to give me so I can give it to the world? What are you going to give me so I can go outside the walls of the church? What are you going to give me so I can truly impact my workplace? What, what if that was the heart behind what we were getting? That it wasn't just to benefit us? I want people to know my God by how cool my life looks. But what do I have to offer them? Until Esther surrendered and went beyond the palace, she had nothing to offer anybody. What could I pull from Esther? A cool story? There's nothing that Esther had to, had to offer me. But when Esther surrendered and when Esther went beyond the palace, then she had something to offer everybody. A nation was changed. An entire nation was changed because of one act of obedience. An act that didn't make sense. A relatively easy act, but it didn't make sense and it was uncommon and her mind couldn't wrap around it and that's why it was hard to do. But she knew because God took her beyond the palace, what was going to be established. And we see that full story. So now if we go back to that place of pain where Esther was, where she's going, I don't know why I'm in this. I don't know why I'm in this situation or Joseph or Abraham or Sarah or any other Bible character that comes to mind. God wants to go beyond. He took David beyond Goliath. He took Daniel beyond the lion's den. He took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego beyond the fiery furnace. He took Moses beyond. He took the Israelites beyond the promised land. They didn't stay there. They went beyond the promised land. That's the kind of God we serve. Beyond, beyond, beyond. And maybe we're in a place where we go, I haven't seen just even a breakthrough. I haven't seen even just the healing. God wants so much more. Don't limit him to just a breakthrough for you. If we're believing with our whole hearts to go, I want to see a breakthrough for those people. I want to see a breakthrough for everybody around me. I don't want a breakthrough just for me. I don't want to come to church just to see what God can give me so I can leave and look good when I leave. So I don't have to feel the pain anymore. So I can have forgiveness for that person because it's bothering me. I want forgiveness for that person so I can see restoration. I want forgiveness for that person so that I can minister to people on the outside. I want God to minister into me and take me beyond the palace, beyond the good place so that other people can experience that. Because that's the God we serve. Jesus didn't just make heaven for him. He wanted us to experience it. That's the God we serve. And I want us to grab a hold of how good God is. So yes, there's pain. Yes, there's disappointment. Yes, there's trials. Yes, there's those things. But there's also palace moments. Don't stop in the palace moment. Don't stop in just good. Go beyond good. And there might be more pain and there might be more difficulty. But when we see God's purpose, when we see the big purpose of who God is, it suddenly doesn't matter. It suddenly doesn't matter because I see beyond what just benefits me. I see what benefits people. And when I spend time in the presence of God, it says that he takes us from glory to glory to glory. And when you read that in the, app, uh, the Amplified, then it says from one degree to another degree to another degree to another degree. That every time I submit to God and I say, God, I choose to surrender this position to your purpose and not to pain and not to my palace, then he says it takes me to a new degree of glory. 
a new degree, as, as if I was looking at the mirror and seeing a reflection of Jesus in myself that he's pulling out of me what I already behold. He's pulling out of me what's already what's in me. And he takes me from glory to glory to glory that I see a new Jesus that I've never seen before. That I've seen a new way that God wants to use me that I've never seen before. A greater purpose than I've ever seen before. And that's what God did in Esther. That's what God did in Joseph. That's what God did in everybody in the Bible. He wants to go beyond just the good. We don't serve a just good God. We serve a beyond good God. And he wants us to take us beyond our palace moments. He doesn't want us to, to leave us there. That's not a good story. That doesn't give us anything to offer anybody. But I'm created. My purpose is people. What do we, what do we take out of the church? That is Daniel said on Sunday, the church, the feed store church is not this building. The feed store church is each and every one of us. And I go, how, how much of what God gives me do I allow him to take beyond to the people around me? Because I don't really care what we know. I don't really care what we learn. I don't really care how cute you look when you worship if it's not doing for anything for anybody else. If I need something and I can't get anything from it, that's not Jesus. It's a show for me. I feel comfortable. I feel good based on what God's given me. I'm in a good place. But when we're supposed to minister to the people around us and our families without us, what do they have to draw from? When we leave church, are we here just for us? Are we in a palace moment that God, give me what you have for me? Are we going, God, give me what I need to be able to take this beyond? Give me what I need to be able to take this beyond what I can see. I'm pretty sure Esther wasn't like, hmm, to die in front of the king or save a nation. She didn't know she was saving a nation. She didn't know that. It was mostly like, um, if I flip a coin, maybe I'll die, maybe I won't. She didn't know that a nation would be saved because of her decision, because of her yes. She didn't know that. What are we holding back because we won't say yes? What are we holding back in our families because we won't say yes, because we won't grab hold of the beyond? And it sounds bold and it sounds harsh, but it's selfish. And that's what I was convicted of today to go, God, that I would just take the good that you have for me and keep it for myself and not give it beyond. Selfish move on my part. That I wouldn't grab hold of what you have for me and go, dear God, don't just give for me, but how is this gonna get me beyond that I can give it to somebody else because that's where it matters. The hurting people, the hurting family, the hurting people in our workplace, that coworker that takes you off every single day, you have something to offer them and all we have to do is say yes. God wants them ministered to and they're in your life on purpose and maybe it's to give you extra patience and maybe it's for you to minister to them. We don't know, it's a 50-50. But what are we holding back because we won't say yes? Esther didn't know that an entire nation was on her yes. All she had to do was say yes. And so when we're in a good place, in our breakthrough, maybe when we're in pain that we go, God, I don't just want your breakthrough for me. I want to see it beyond. And if you have to buzz light your it up as you're praying, like to infinity and beyond, go for it. If that's the only way you can remember it, do it. To infinity and beyond. But why do we leave the same way that we came? Why, why do we go to work every day and we lose our joy like everybody else? Why do we go to work every day and have the same issues as everybody else? 
instead of being who God created us to be and say, no, there's more to me and there's more to what he has in my workplace and there's more joy in who he is than there is nastiness going on around me and there's more love in who he is and there is anger going on around me and there's more peace in who he is and there is anxiety and worry going on around me and there's more strength in who he is and there is fear going on around me. That's the God we serve. And I gotta tap into that so that I can offer it to the people. That's our purpose. Our purpose is not to take it for ourselves. Our purpose is to give it to the world around us. And that's what Esther did, but just in a yes. Just in a yes, but God wants to take us beyond the palace. To more, to more, to more, to more. I just wanna make sure I didn't miss anything in my notes. Just because it came from the source doesn't mean it can become our source. Just because the palace came from God, just because that breakthrough came from God doesn't mean it can become my source. Just because I get a healing doesn't mean that that healing is now my source of life. Just because God gave me the job doesn't mean the job can become my source from life. Just because God gave me the friendship or the relationship doesn't mean it can become my source for life. Because I'm pulling something from them that they were never meant to give me, my source has to remain in God. And that's, how, that's one thing that we have to make sure and take heart that yes, it came from God. No, it's not my source. The manna he gave the Israelites was not their source. God was their source. And that's why they had to take manna every single day. God has to remain our source. It doesn't matter what he gives us. That's not our source. How we use it is gonna be for his purpose, but it's never our source.